because I believe that this industry that I exist in, which I really don't, but like, you know, that I have to like make ties with at times can really dehumanize people, can really delegitimize people, make them feel less than adequate. And also when you look at models, like a lot of people look at them as disposable. A lot of people attribute too much credit to the photographer when the creative director is really like organizing everything. And there's just like a huge dysfunction of when credit is attributed, where value is attributed. So realistically, I make it clear that the people that I worked with for each of these ideas, I could not have done it without them. And I Hey everyone, it's Verilyn from the Absurd Thought Club, and today we're coming at you with an amazingly beautiful interview with Emmanuel Lecca, photographer, visionary, and follower of Christ. Although there's been a name change since we recorded this conversation, the spirit has only grown stronger and wiser, so I hope, you know what, no, I know you'll enjoy this amazing conversation. All right, let's get into it. I'm in the same boat as you, like a little bit, because like I find myself like not able to curse, <laughs> like when I'd be like listening yeah. to like some music and it just like even like listening to, like the the last Kendrick album. I'm just like, I love it. But then I'm just like, I'd be changing lyrics that like fit my like mode of life now. Like and it just like it works a lot better. But yeah, I heard that song. That song's undeniable. I was just like, yeah, like y'all got to like listen. It dropped on October 10th. 1010. The song is 10 minutes, 10 seconds. And it's called Angel with the 10 as the cover. So it's like all led itself up. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful song. Second, second I heard it, I had to add it immediately. Like it's just powerful. Like, and most of the words I can't even understand, but it's like the flow and the cadence and everything. It's like the yeah. undertone of the music really speaks more than the words most times you know a hundred percent and like the backstory is like it's devastating it's like the backstory is devastating for sure because mm. the whole song it's like the the lead singer is chronics and chronics is like really just like you know like her her baby brother is like dying basically and then like the whole first part is like this is a rebel boy like you know like but then the second part is like god protect his soul like like take him to the gates of zion like take like preserve him and then the third part is like acceptance. Like, I think it's like low key, the three stages of grief. Like when you really like listen to it, it's yeah. like, it's, and so I was just like, oh, wow. Like, and then just like, you know, commemorating that song to like a, a sibling at that. I'm just like, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that song tapped in, tapped in for show. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So how was your day? How How are you feeling? I'm feeling at ease, at peace for sure. I finished my five days of, um, you know, just like getting to basically um, I started the week and I was like, oh, I'm going to like I have this like in store and everything. But then it was like God really brought me to Malibu on Monday, like a beach in Malibu, like and that beach was very prominent because it, it had a lot of creative history and a lot of relationship history and stuff like that. But it was more so like, oh, like you're going to study like the book of Isaiah this week and you're going to journal. And so I was really journaling and just like flushing, fleshing through my like thoughts. And then I made like a covenant with God. I was like, God, I'm going to come these, I'm going to come Monday through Friday. Like, and the goal here within this is just to leave with like an assurance that I can remedy what has been broken. 
and you know like within like friendships relationships and some things I'd be overthinking it and then I get like confirmation that I am overthinking it but I was like you know what like I want to really commit because I want to um move forward with the community that I'm supposed to move forward with like you know like build you know like build bonds like as opposed to like you know just creating distinctions and that's just like my mentality like I remember that because I, I just like looked over to my right and I saw like my book and I was like oh like I remember writing that in the little like descriptor at the end like it's this little guy like you know what I'm saying like so I was just like I remember that like that little thing over here and I was like oh yeah that was a good sentence Daniel you were you you weren't in your body for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that sounds like a beautiful a beautiful like kind of peak or, or eclipse of your week and and I'm glad that it's it's been that beautiful resolution for you a thousand percent even in service yesterday I was like I realized that there was like a lot of pain and I was just like because I was like administering a light and I was like this is beautiful but then I got into service and then I just like felt all of this like pain and then there was like a spirit of heaviness that was like really holding me and I was just like not let it out I was just like during worship, I was like, let it out. And so then like, literally I'm crying for like two songs, like straight, just like pouring. And then granted, I've, I like fasted the whole day. So like, I like, I had my break time is like 6 p.m. But like I fasted the whole day and then I was just like empty fully. So like any little thing would affect me. So like, and I really like that because it really just keeps you tapped into your soul and not really like trying to like hide it behind anything. And so I was really in this space where I was just like, oh, I'm feeling everything right now. Amazing. And then like, obviously, like during like I'm these days, I stand for most of like um, the prophet's teachings. I'm just like standing like the whole time. And, you know, before I was just like the guy who would just like sit down and take notes and really just like be tapped in. But then I was like, nah, like God is an experience. And so for me, I need to experience him in his house and then carry that feeling over here. So when I study online. It's like, oh, boom, boom, boom. And I can rewind him because he says a lot of things. And I'm just like, how do you just go past that? Like, no, got to rewind <laughs> yeah. that for real quick. So it's been, um, it's been a cathartic week, I believe. Because catharsis, it's interesting because like you draw parallels to where you were a year ago. And a year ago, I developed the idea of catharsis, um, the photo idea for this project that I just completed. And I was like, oh, like, you know, typically my catharsis is really just like tapping in with my community of be beautiful black women and really just like being able to like empathize with them. And that's how I find use. But then simultaneously, like, you know, they're able to like tell me where I'm going wrong. And it's like an accountability type of partnership, which I really, really love. Mm -hmm. And now this year, it's like God is like really like on my singular timing. So I'm just like, okay, I'm here with it. Now I'm just like really going to build and grow and prosper. And then I can come back to my community with like a refined expectation. And it and it doesn't come without its fair share of humblings. Like I was humbled literally while we were on the phone earlier today mm. um, in, in regards to how I how I shared like a revelation. And I thought that that was like very, very important um, because I learned that I was still like lacking patience in certain aspects because um, rather than letting God present the situation to me to reveal the revelation, I instead stepped into like, you know, revealing it early. And I tested that today too, when I was on the beach, cause I was like, what, I was like near the water. And then like, I was like, okay, I want the water to hit my legs one more time before I go. And then, you know, I found myself inching closer to the water. Then I was like, nah, and I had to step back 
And it took like seven, eight minutes for the water to like fully hit me. And I was just like, oh, like this is like little things building me up to really just be like the patient person I have to be. And really just, you got to be patient for your peoples too, because sometimes like they'll be going through something and you can't do anything, but just let them go through it and be like the, the ministry of presence realistically. Mm. And so I'm really learning like the idea of patience in my personal life. Cause in the creative field, I'm like literally the type of guy who will literally sit on ideas for like 12, 16, 18 months. But yeah. when it comes to personal, I'm just like, nah, like I got to go now. And so now creating that distinction is important overall. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally patience is so important. And, and it's funny how that creative uh, brain can actually help us see and reflect our real lives of, okay, I know that in my creative life in the creative field, I know like what you're saying, I can sit on something for so long. Yeah. And it's funny how God will make us patient through these like, <laughs> little experiences that we have to go through and it's so annoying it's so humbling and it's like oh why but it's necessary you know truly necessary like I feel like if God isn't um telling you at times like your ambition has to be big because God ensured us like God ensured us nations God ensured us literally so much like abundance like within this earth and like you know typically people try to like misrepresent that and say you have to live like a hum humble life and this down the third but that's by the world standards not by God's standards ultimately our God knows our heart and he knows that we want to do big things for him but we have to just literally at times allow ourselves to take steps gradually rather than try to sprint to the finish line because um there are certain moments where I'm just like yeah I can do this sprint but you're gonna get tired and then all of a sudden like you're gonna have to stop and so then like stagnation is something that I personally am trying to get over because mm -hmm. like that's one thing that I'm genuinely um, at odds with. I wouldn't say fearful, but more so at odds with. So that's why I would rather take a gradual walk a step at a time rather than, than just try to sprint to the finish line unless the finish line is literally like 10 meters away from me. And if that's the case, then I'll just like hit the brake, hit the gas and go. Um, but in general, it's like, the patience thing is genuinely something that I'm very, very um, energized to experience. That experience is genuinely making me more and more ecstatic for when things happen for my friends, for when things happen for my family and really just, you know, continuing to grow in that. And also sometimes God makes you look in the mirror and then say, son, you're 24. Like you're trying to get the things that you want at 41 now. And it's like, what's the, where's the fun in that? like actually just live and really just like serve me in every single instance, yeah. but don't feel the need to really just rush to this like finish line. Understand that you're going to have those things so long as you're faithful to me. And that's really the only thing that I'm focused on is just being faithful to him because in spite of everything that I've gone through, the fact that I was able to like finish the book is something that I'm like, Oh, like God is still working through me. And I had a phone call with my friend, Justin, and he said, do yourself a favor and physically write down everything that you've done this year to this point. And when I did that, I was like, oh, snap, there's actually a lot of things that I did, like, you know, career wise, personal wise, all of that. And I was just like, oh, like you have to have people around you that are also going to center you and really just like epitomize your perspective, because we always are in this constant state of flux where we don't feel like we're doing enough. And, you know, especially he was mentioning this, especially as like black creatives. 
it's really important that you have like those moments of celebration and amplification. So that's why I'm trying to do it actively in the process. You know, when I'm on set for like the last music video I did for options, I'm like celebrating every single person for what they're bringing to the table, whether that's Anaya DPing, whether that's Tiffany styling, whether that's Sydney taking BTS photos, um, you know, like the extras, you know, like making sure that they're all healthy and good and understanding the premise of what they're stepping into rather than just being like a vessel and a vehicle of expression, understanding the intention behind it, allowing them to really take hold of the project and take hold of what God is speaking to all of us in that moment, not just me, but all of us. And so realistically allowing him to take control in those moments by releasing a lot of the control and letting people know what it is that we're attempting to do on behalf of him. And so control and patience go hand in hand because when you're patient, you're letting go of control of immediacy and you're letting go of a lot of things that you might feel like this insatiable urge and desire to fulfill. But yeah. sometimes we just have to like really take a step back, especially like studying like the prophetic branch of Christianity. Uh, like that can also make you not be as present as you need to be. But in order to be very, very essential in the prophetic, you just have to be very, very present. And if you're that, then you're literally golden. And I'm really, really just grateful. I think gratitude is genuinely like the, the theme of this week. Tears of gratitude, um, writings of gratitude. Um, and it's the theme of life, realistically, because we all should not be at the position that we're in, let alone alive to this extent. But, yeah. you know, that's what Jesus does. It's just he just brings you eternal life. And having that is just the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So everything you've been saying is so beautiful. And I want you to properly introduce yourself for the people. Welcome to the Absurd Thought Club. I'm so, so grateful for even just our conversation this morning, your fire AF. <laughs> I don't want to curse right. too much. Come on now. But I love your spirit and I'm I'm so excited to get into this conversation. So all right. So the first question I'm gonna ask you is mm. who are you and what are you passionate about? Mm. Well, my name is Daniel Lekka um, of Ethiopian origin via America. Um, I am passionate about serving God and telling the stories that he's placed in front of me. Like mm -hmm. simply put, like a lot of people want to be labeled a certain way, want to be essentially like in these confines and structures. But for me, everything just goes through the vessel of Jesus. And as long as it's going through that vessel and vehicle and it's being funneled through me, then I'll do basically anything that I'm called to within that. Like whether that's books, whether that's um, music videos or photos or anything, it's really just being facilitated by him throughout it. And he shows me the finish line of where I need to go. And I just walk with him with faith and that's how we get there. So I'm just, I'm just a man of God that loves Jesus. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. So let's talk about the origin of you discovering this walk that you're on, especially within the mediums that you that you uh, utilize. So how did you begin within, you know, discovering that you could make visual art in books and music videos? Oh, man, see, I was always like, to the topic of patience, I was someone who was very, very much so an impatient kid. And so I recognized that that's why I tried everything growing up. I remember being, I think it was 2011. And so I was 13. And then I remember just like, you know, starting to record music into like my, my computer, like my, my Dell laptop at the time. 
because I just wanted to like express myself. Like expression has always been key in this whole journey of life. And so in expressing myself, I realized, okay, like I'm going to school and the kids are clowning me. Like, I'm just like, they did like, I'm just putting it out there and then I'm just posting it on social media. Cause I'm just like, this is my expression. This is my truth. And I was doing it at a time when SoundCloud was literally brand new. And so like literally anything could get like 10,000 plays or anything of that. So I was getting good plays on the stuff I was doing. And I was just like, oh, cool. This is like the way. And then in 2015, I was like, actually, like, actually before that 2013, I remember fully discovering Donald Glover and Donald Glover really opened the doors because he never stepped, set himself underneath an umbrella. He was always just like, oh, like I'm going to be outside of this umbrella. I'll let the rain hit me because that's where the inspiration is. And so mm. when, because the internet came out, that was the album that changed my whole life. Like, you know, like obviously that now I follow Jesus. And so my Bible is my Bible, but that album for the longest time, I equated it to like a lot of like awakening and thought because I was very, very nihilistic at the time. Like I was just like, you know, in this like bag of like, you know, what's the purpose? What's the point of all this and stuff like that. So having him at that point um, really just like helped comfort a lot. And so hearing the music and how forward thinking the music is, but then all of a sudden you have to read the screenplay that comes with it. And then there's two short films and then the whole tour, it's a computer like voiced by Gabrielle Union. And it's just like, yo, he made a whole world. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, this is my guy. Like, so I, right away, as soon as I heard that album, and as soon as I was like really tapped in, I was like, I want to write my first screenplay. And so then I just wrote like a whole screenplay. I recorded a whole project and I was just like, here it is. Like, this is my magnum opus at the time. And it was, in hindsight, I'm happy I did it because it allowed me to really just like flesh out who I am and who my voice was. Because back then I was just a reiteration of everything I liked instead of having a perspective. And perspective is really what fuels everything now. And so after that point, um, I did another project. And this project is still like one of my favorite things I did where I did write another screenplay. And um, I just had like a bunch of different like sounds and everything I was playing with. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But I was like, I want to take the next step and create like visual components with it. And so for my birthday in 2015, I ended up getting like a DSLR camera and I was like, okay, like, let me just like, you know, plan short films and let me plan these films. What I ended up doing was ending up taking like BTS pictures. And like, there was a summer where I was literally just like hiking for like 10 to 12 miles and then just like taking a picture to commemorate it. And so I realized that the power of the still image was really just in immortalizing the moment. Whereas like a lot of moving imagery, it's about accenting a point or accenting a purpose within it. And so I was that kid who was just like, hey, like, I'm gonna just bring my camera everywhere and just do what I got to do and have fun with it. But then I got introduced to live music photography in 2017. And so I was really just that kid who was like, okay, I don't know how to get the connections, but I'm gonna just like have a disposable camera on me for like two years. I was just bringing disposable cameras to concerts. And I was photographing every concert I went to from Gambino to Tyler um to SZA and like just like a bunch of artists and I was just like ah this is the way like every time you think there's a way God's like no think bigger like he keeps expanding yeah. the path and I was just like you know so when I started in the music I was like here then I started um like looking into like you know screenplays then it became here and then and then short films here photos here concert photos here and then it kept on expanding and I was like you know what this is the way this is the medium but then I got this idea um in 2019 to really just start taking portraits at the time 
and portraits really just, you know, all of my friends, I, I find them beautiful. So I was just like, we're going to go to like a setting and then you're just going to exist. And I'm just going to take images of you existing in these spaces. And there was like a novelty there that was so fire. Like it was new and it was fresh. And, you know, like I remember someone saying specifically, like your progression is crazy and your evolution in your craft is crazy. And so it was always building towards something even bigger. And then and in 2020, like to start the year, I got the idea of 20 year crisis, which is what's a midlife crisis when we can't get past our 20s, inspired by like the deaths that I was seeing with like Mac Miller, Juice World, Little Peep, like every, all these artists dying, Tentacion, and like all these artists just dying, like barely getting past 20. And I was just like, okay, like there's something here. And so I started telling those stories and then the pandemic happened. And so I went home, I was living in the Bay at the time. And then like, I wanted something deeper. Like I wanted something deeper. Like at this time, I wasn't all the way, like I wasn't atheist, but I was like bordering agnostic because I didn't want to get through to organized religion at the time. So I was like, realistically like, okay, God is here, but I don't know how to classify God. Like is God, you know, like this, this being that's a him, like, why are we like painting him in this image, this damn third? It was a lot of those questions. And what I learned is that, okay, like there's, there's a way to be spiritual in your in your environments in your inhabitants and so I learned to be present I learned really to just like you know be mindful of everything that I'm doing and be mindful of the little things like the things we take for granted like what waking up every morning and then just like seeing the sun peek in our windows or you know like when we wash our hands feeling the water hit my hands and I was like really get assembling gratitude even more so and then I moved back to LA in like the fall of 2020 and then all of a sudden things just like all of a sudden I was just like, okay, I got 20 year crisis, but I still want to take portraits and stuff. And then I started really just getting into these portraits. And then in November, the word idealism came to me and, you know, like the idea that like our universe is just a bunch of ideas. And I was just like, but nothing is original, nothing, nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So then that took over that like took over. And so idealism has been the wave I've been on the last two years. And realistically, it was inspired by the fact that within the fine art photography community, there's not a lot of like people our age really doing it in my parameters. So I was like, let me open up a new lane for people to exist in, especially like young black kids. Like I wanted to give them a template on how to exist, um, you know, because everything from idealism, aside from one shoot was self-funded, everything was just done on like a timely schedule. And I was just very patient with how I was doing it. But simultaneously, it was important that I got to the origins of like image making. And so rather than use like digital cameras, I was like, okay, we're going to do like medium and large format film photography because my early work was 35 mil. And it was just about uncovering this essence, this essence, because that's the whole point of the project. It's the essence of me. And like, realistically, I use it as a vessel. Like I was writing about the, the book and the project the other, like literally this morning. And I was like, oh, this is realistically my testimony. Like, this is what happens when you real when you're discovering your faith in real time, because the creative process of this, and I know I'm jumping ahead all over the place, but <laughs> um, it's um, the creative process of this of this project was um, God would drop the image in my head. Like I would like literally just be like running or I'd be like seeing an environment or I'd be like just like doing random miscellaneous things, driving all of that. Like, and then God drops the image, like literally the, the image on the cover, God dropped it in my head while I was driving the week before we took it. Cause it was the week of my birthday. 
And I was just like, oh, like, cause she hit me up. Like Erica hit me up to like do an idea that I drafted for her six months ago. And I was like, nah, I want to do something new with you. And then all of a sudden it was like logos that just got dropped in my head. And it was like a bunch of logos, but then like the Greek word logos, logic, like all of that. And so it was like perfect in that. And so to get to this point, um, especially on my walk with God in that, I, I give a lot of credit to the people, um, specifically Anaya, I give her a lot of credit in that because when we met um, last April, like it was just like, I was watching someone in real time find their faith and really just like embody it because she was getting into this realm that she is now where it's like undeniable light and undeniable presence of God inside of that woman, like truly. And so um, when we did the Field of Dreams shoot in August, I tend to attribute that shoot to the first time that I saw God working through a person in real time because it was the curiosity. It was like the attentiveness of the environments, this down the third. And it was just like, oh, like this is a different like connection. This is a different assemblance of how I perceived God before this. And yeah. then and then we met again um, in October. And then she was like, you got to come to church with me. And she was the first person in my life who was like, you got to come to church with me. Like, this is like, this is different. Like, you know, and she's she's really really good at evangelizing like a thousand percent like you'll literally see her in the congregation with someone new every single time and it's like a beautiful process within that and I'm learning from that actively in real time and so like she ended up like I told her at the time I wasn't ready and I was just like you know like I just need like patience and grace in this moment or something along those lines and then we did a project in like early November last year and then it fit perfectly because like the last day of the shoot when we were like supposed to leave um, was Thursday and services are on Thursday. And so I told her, I was like, since I'm taking you home, like it makes sense for me to go to service as well. And let me tell you, the enemy did not want me to go to service. Like this couple yelled at me because they thought I was going to run them over. Like, you know, it was just like a lot of disgruntledness in my, my household. It was just like a lot of things, but I was just like, I've committed and I need to be a man of my word, like, because I'm a, as a man of God, that's one of the only things you really have is to be of your word. And so I went and it was a premature um, introduction, but it was at the at the right time because it was God's timing. And then, you know, this year went by, I, I, I called this year the year of growing pains because there was immeasurable tear shed. There was a lot of um, realizations and revelations in real time. And so one of those revelations was I need to get baptized and I really need to take my faith seriously. And so I remember like, I remember the week, all the disgruntledness, because I, I told myself like, like God ordained a fast because I told God, I said, God, if I eat today, which was a Saturday, I said, if I eat today, I'm fasting the whole week before my baptism. And then um, I ended up eating and I was like, okay, God, I'm keeping my word. This is our covenant. And so I literally fasted and I was just seeing disgruntledness like throughout, like certain people like in close to me were disgruntled, like other people were just like um, in the distance. I remember doing a photo shoot and like um, as I was driving home, like a disgruntled soul, like jumped in front of my car trying to get ran over. And there was just like a lot of challenges that were like popping up in real time. But it was because this elevation was about to take place. And so I got baptized on Father's Day because it resolved a lot of the trauma, the unclosed trauma I faced from losing my dad in 2019. 
And so like, I was just like, okay, this is a full circle moment and God ordained for this to happen. And so then after that, I was in this limbo stage. Cause I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm existing and I'm fine trying to find a church for me. But in my heart, I knew revelation was the one. Cause I, I went to a church and I was like, yeah, the Holy spirit's not here. And it made me really sad because like, it was like more, it was like, wow. Like you guys, like you guys only have like a band, 15 people here. And then you're watching service from a television. Like the, the like it just, it wasn't working. And so then I remember even the day I was first going to go to revelation in July, I remember I caught myself. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm self-sabotaging. And this is a habit I have to break. And so I ended up going and I've been going like consistently for like the last three months. And it's been amplifying my walk. Like, you know, my dream life is crazy good. I'm hearing from God consistently. And I'm really just, you know, I get, re I get reassurance that even when I wasn't with him to this level of intimacy, I was still good. I was like walking in the right way. I wasn't playing with the wrong things. Like, you know, cause some people get into like a lot of trouble with like occultic stuff and like witchcraft and all this stuff. But I was always just like, you know, straight path. And I was always like, God, um, the God that I didn't know was Jesus. I was like, look, I just want to serve a purpose bigger than me. So idealism, the project started in that vein where I was just like, this is just supposed to be a template for the people after me. But now I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this is an extension of the kingdom. And so I have to really represent it to the best of my ability. And, you know, God will always like up the ante a little bit every single time saying, you can go further. You can go further. Okay, you went as far as possible. Now I'm just kidding. You can go further. Yeah. And just going like that. And I'm just like, okay, this is this is the journey. This is the path. And I'm just grateful to be on it because um this time last year I was really, really depressed because I was like, I'm not getting work, I'm not doing this. And I was attributing my value to the outside world. But mm. now I'm like able to be patient and be able to like funnel a lot of like the Holy Spirit within everything I do. Like even something like this week, like going to Malibu five days and, you know, like just like being like present and alone, but also like learning from him, like directly through his word. It's like, it's a different feeling because last year I could not have done that. But I know next year I'll probably end up going to like some random like country in the Middle East to do something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, he'll take you like to the, to the like infinity and beyond like Buzz Lightyear, except this is like an eternal infinity, but um, <laughs> It's, it's been a beautiful walk and like, it's really amplified the creative process within it. And um, even though there's like different like avenues and paths he wants me to take, I'm just letting him take me down the path that I'm supposed to go on right now. And right now that's the idealism, like solidifying it and then doing like everything next with my imprint SD files. Um, and then just, you know, it's slow progression. And it's like, like I said earlier, like I'm not, I'm not 41, I'm 24. Like, let me work towards 41. And like after that, I can work towards 50 and then just keep going up and up and up like that. So yeah. That's the journey. <laughs> yeah, we were even talking about earlier about expediting the process and and what that looks like. And especially I love what you said about you attributing your value to last year, attributing your value to the work that you were getting. But I'm really curious as to what your relationship is to value within your art form now and within the art forms that you're expanding into and the different worlds that you're creating for yourself um, and for other people, that template that you were saying earlier that you're creating, like what is your relationship to value within those things and how do you kind of assess value for yourself for other people so that you know that this is something that is really reflecting that light that you have heard you um 
Uh, when it comes to value, it's very interesting because from a human level, like I think the only value that's there is spiritual value now, because I realized that a lot of the things we we possess as humans, it's like it really doesn't need to be there. Like a lot of the things that I'm learning in real time is like not seeing things from a, from a worldly view, but a spiritual view. And so realistically, with things that I pursue long term with projects and things of that nature, even the ones I recognize, like people doing, like I, I recognize, oh, there's like an innate spirituality to this, even if you don't necessarily claim Jesus. Yeah. Like people just want something to hold on to. Like realistically, like we're trying to hold on to the feeling that like allows us to tap into our child, our inner child. And so for me, um, when it comes to like assessing value within that, it's more or less just about the immediacy and the understanding of how God works and talks to me. Um, and then after that, that's when like, I'm able to like craft these like momentous statements and occasions realistically. So when it comes to um, this project, um, I was I was in the space where um, I did the show, I did the the gallery um, on May 19th, and I had 22 ideas done and dusted. So I was like, oh, so now it's time for the book. But then I couldn't bring myself to do the book because God was saying, no, it's not time. And then he, he said 30. And I was like, okay. And he said before July, so you can rest the seventh month. I was like, bet. Let's go. And I, and the thing is, is that I have literally a bunch of ideas I keep in the vault because I'm a believer in that I for this project, I crafted ideas with people in mind. So when I sent mood boards and when I send treatments to people, I'm sending it with their name and I'm talking to them in the treatment. Like, you know, like for, for logos, I'm saying, Erica, this is like what we're doing here, this, 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 and this. And I'm just really being specific within that. Because I believe that this industry that I exist in, which I really don't, but like, you know, that I have to like make ties with at times can really dehumanize people, can really delegitimize people, make them feel less than adequate. And also when you look at models, like a lot of people look at them as disposable. A lot of people attribute too much credit to the photographer when the creative director is really like organizing everything. And there's just like a huge dysfunction of when credit is attributed, where value is attributed. So realistically, I make it clear that the people that I worked with for each of these ideas, I could not have done it without them. And I would say until the last month of the project, when I was finishing stuff in June, that was when I was like, okay, like I have a list of people that I want to like have be the center of this piece. Like when I think about like one of the most prominent pieces of the project, which was um, prayer, like I made that with Azriel in mind. Like, I was like, okay, like your, like your figure with a suit, everything, like this is what's necessary. And like, when it came to propaganda with um, the homie Coleman, um, it was like, he was like, I just want to try something new. And I was like, I got this crazy idea. And then he said, send it to me. And I was like, we're going to recreate uh, propaganda posters from World War II. He said, bet. And then he was like at the, at the army surplus store the next day, just getting outfits. And so realistically, the value is not only just in me and it's not just in the person I'm working with, but it's ultimately within God who's cultivating everything, who we're cultivating everything underneath. And so when it comes to organizing these sets, like it's really easy, actually. It's really easy because, you know, I see a person or God gives me a person. I'm just like, okay, here, perfect. You know, um, I will say that it comes with like a few like setbacks. You know, some people might be like, yeah, no, this isn't it. 
Like I've, I've gotten rejected a few times. I've gotten people not replying to me. I've gotten people not giving me their schedules, any of that. And when that happens, I typically just scrap the idea. I'm just like, yeah, this was for you. And now it's not happening. You know, I, I put it like this, like my favorite, one of my favorite pieces from the last project was Field of Dreams. And if Amara, Anaya, or Samara were not a part of that in the three parts that we shot it in, wouldn't have happened. A thousand wouldn't have happened. Like Anaya was so key to like that Field of Dreams at the beach. Amara literally like fit the field perfectly. And Samara was a last, last piece, but I crafted that with her in mind, but we didn't shoot it. Like I wanted to shoot it like in August, September, but we didn't shoot it until February this year. And so it was just exercising patience. Like the, one of the last pieces of the project too, which was our Americana heritage, um, that was developed like February, March of 2021. And we executed it in June of 2022. I knew I wanted to do it. I knew that this was what was necessary, but when I, when I started pursuing it, it was a lot of people doing a lot of like aesthetically similar things. And I was just like, this will get lost in the sauce. And also like um, the model that I wanted at the time, and she's in the actual final image, but Tope, she was going through personal stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not here to create um, under anything that isn't seamless, like, or that you're not in the, in the spirit to receive. And so we, yeah. we, we, we realistically waited the wardrobe changed completely but it's the idea was still at its epicenter and realistically the image the final image of like that shoe wasn't even the image that I planned but it's what God planned and I always just look at it like that because people are like did you get what you wanted and I'm like it's not what I wanted it's what God wanted so if God is satisfied with this then I'll come to terms with it because he forgave me first so I'll forgive myself first I'll forgive myself after if anything should anything come to a head should any like discrepancies come and I've definitely faced my fair share of those but now I'm at the point now where like this project is done and the acceptance is there and so the value is realistically like this book is a cultivation of God's work and I'm just a vessel to create it that's why I love giving the template away because giving the template away is me saying look ultimately this is the template for me so it's like a lot of people might not pick this up so the, here's some pretty pictures like with like a lot of meaning to me like it's it's one of those things where you're just disguising um you're disguising the word but you're not it's very very like overt yeah yeah oh my gosh yes literally i was i was on the phone with my mom right before this telling her just the way that this code of rejection um helps us establish what our purpose is and mm. and help us kind of connect our value to the world mm. and so it's like through through our spirits through connecting and communicating with god we're saying the same thing we're saying the same thing we're just doing it through through the through this um this cycle and this um kind of path of rejection of like mm. finding the things that work for us like the way that your evolution of of creativity has gone from like doing a screenplay to all of these different things. And now it's like portraits in this book and all of these different, you know, physical, tangible things. That's really <laughs> is like, it's interesting because I've never heard of, I don't know. I can't even say never. Cause I just heard about it, but <laughs> like your, your, um, I guess 
yeah, your evolution of where you are now from where you began is really interesting because a screenplay is something that in my mind, say I'm getting into visual arts today and I'm like, okay, I'll start with this. And, and it's kind of those building blocks that we learn about as kids. It's like, oh, you have to start small and then you work your way up. But for you, you flipped it completely on its head. (laughs) A screenplay and music videos and all of these things and shows to portraits. And it's, it's really beautiful because it shows that intentionality and that your mind allowing you to really process what's going on and fine-tune because usually through the process of creativity we end up fine-tuning as we go go along but it sounds like you've always had that ability to to define where you are you know and a thousand percent a thousand percent that's god that's fully god because like for me i've never been lost in what i'm doing I've always known that there's a bigger purpose. So even making like the first three ideas for idealism, I was like, there's going to be a gallery. Like I I just like immediately had it. Like I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get here. I don't know what's going to be the final images in here because the final images that were in the gallery, like some of them, I was just like, some of the ones I thought were going to be in it were not in it. And then it just became like this whole thing. And so realistically, God has always given me discernment and he's given me like a really good taste level to the point where I'm able to analyze and see what people like and i'm able to deliver these coded messages in a texture that really applies to them right i feel like a lot of people want to just be overt and straight to the point but for me it's about accessibility and it's also about just this idea of um replayability in music terms but like realistically like you need you need to watch it or you need to consume it multiple times to really see like what's making you feel Mm -hmm. like And that's really how I've always like addressed this work, because, you know, when you look at an image like there's this there's this innate feeling of how does this make me like, oh, wow, this is different or something like that. And there's like, you know, this whole sensibility. And there's an essay in the book written by like my good my friend Angela, um, where she's discussing this. She's discussing the relationship between the audience and the artist. And I'm really grateful that she put her pen to this because it's like literally the best example because both of the writers in the book um angela and my other friend jaleel they essentially just created like things based around like the prompt of the book like imagery and idealism and realistically like jaleel's essay touches on you know idealism like it's 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 a completely different tangent to like what the project is about but ultimately he's saying that without having the proper context things aren't even that good which is why I give the context. And, you know, like being able to grant that because we live in a soundbite era. We live in an era where a lot of things are just like consumed very, very loosely. Like on social media, you're gonna be scrolling through like three pictures on someone's like 10 page, like Instagram post, and then you're just gonna like it and then just keep pushing. Like that's just how it goes. And so it's, it's hearkening back to like the attention span. And that's the reason why I believe in physical media so much. Like. The reason why, like, I was reading my Bible on my phone a lot, but then I was like, I need to, like, really have a physical Bible on me because, like, I believe in having that innate connection to what I'm, like, really consuming or what I'm doing. And when you look at all the images from this book, it's beautiful because there's physical images, like, because it's film. So, like, you have the images in your hand. So, should your hard drive corrupt or should, like, and I have, like, seven or eight hard drives just so that I have everything. Um, should anything corrupt, I have a physical representation, like always with me, you know, 
And that's really what's important within it. Like to see every single one of these photos in its rawest form is like what God sees us as all the time. Like that's the reason why he always is attempting to break us below, 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 so that we're basically like the salt of the land. And real to realistically understand that, look, you can assemble higher, but you have to like understand that it comes down to this concerted focus. So I approach everything the same, truly. Um, when I look at an image, when I look at a music video, I'm just like, oh, like the only difference is, is that one medium I need moving imagery and one medium I need still imagery. But I approached it like even the first video I did with the homie Justin um, for his home music video, it was realistically this depiction of live portraits. Like I was just like, I described it to him. I was like, we're just going to make live portraits. You know, you're going to be moving within it and stuff like that. But it's really just live portraits. Like that's why the women of the video, which was, um, Tope, Tiffany, and Anaya, like they were just like statues. So I was like, black women are fine art to me. Like, that's how I look at it. And then the homies, like all, all the men in the video were just like realistically like trying to be cool, but ended up like really getting into it. And it was just like this cool depiction of love, multifaceted in that, how the women are hugging Justin in one shot, but then how the men are mosh pitting in the other shot, like it's love. Like, and so realistically, I, everything's approached the same. Like there's not a discrepancy. I don't like say like, I'm not going into it saying I need to make a still image. I need to make a video. I need to make this. The idea starts with a concept and the concept really just comes from God. Like I remember being at a conference, um, a church conference like last month and then he dropped the idea and I was like, okay, bet. And I, and I originally thought, oh, this is going to be a good like photo idea. And I wrote down the, out the photo idea, but then now it's like looking like it's going to be a video idea. And so you just have to be completely flexible, tangible, and you need to be just clay in the hands of God. And he'll just mold you to how you're supposed to execute something. And with these kids, I'm, I'm always emphasizing, like, you just gotta, you just gotta have the ideas because that's what these companies are paying for. That's what everybody wants. Like, you know, there's a lot of talented people, like there's a lot of talented singers, right? But not everybody's Frank Ocean who has an immeasurable pen and who just says a lot of the things that like we think, but don't necessarily like convey, like not everybody's Kendrick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like these guys have something that's deeper than that. Like, even when you don't like see like Kendrick dropping an album, like he co-wrote on one of the songs on Coffee's last album, who's like a great reggae singer. And he's like been like so tapped in with Baby Keem's career and like, you know, just really like elevating him in that way in all the projects. And now they're in production for a movie um, that they're dropping, I believe next year. So. It's like, you don't think about it like it's an image. You don't think about it like it's a video. You just think about it like, what's God telling me? And how will we tell it? And then that's how the elevation starts. And that's how I've always been. Um, and so that's why it's been beautiful because having the grand scope, like one thing is, is that even though my community and my environments would tell me not to dream big, um, there was always this innate desire or like this innate feeling that I was always meant for something bigger. And so then when I read the word and I see that we're insured nations and we're insured all of these, all of these pieces of land and this, that, and the third, I'm just like, oh, so I, I was always built for this. Like, no question about it. It's in my lineage. It's in my blood. It's no question about it. And, you know, being at this point, you know, it's one of those things where you just end up, like I said, gratitude. You're just grateful for the journey and God's process, which is perfect. And we're not going to mess it up like no matter how hard we try <laughs> exactly and that 
that is so full circle what you said because it brought me back to that conversation that we had this morning of kind of getting in the way of our own of our own greatness in a way but also it's like we're promised like what you're saying we're promised nations like this idea of digging for gold but we walk on gold and like everything mm-hmm. that we want is accessible to us success is inevitable to us like everything that we desire it's just through god like through this this uh this this spirit we have to kind of tap into that and there's no other way around it like as much as we want to rationalize for why how when things happen it's like bruh like it's the blueprints aren't there like just follow it (laughs) yeah like come on now this blueprint existed way before us it's going to exist way after us and it's going to be it's going to bring it's going to bring people eternal life forever like that's just how it's always been and that's how it's always going to be and like you know now it's like about like okay every single project it doesn't matter what it is it just has to touch your soul like realistically like your soul is the gateway your soul literally is like the gateway between your spirit and your body so it's like i want to get to that part because that's the part that god wants more than ever because the spirit and the body is his and i just i'm like that soul like God needs that because you're supposed to do so many immeasurably great things with it. And I don't want you to waste it. So like that goes to the point of, you know, whatever is in my control, I will do my part so that that is attained. But even if it isn't, I know I'm planting the, I know that you're planting the seed for God to grow later and for you to water realistically. Yeah. Like when, when, um like with the options video, I'm very grateful for that video because I was able to just have like, the messaging so clear god is consistent and so then people will begin to like think about the consistencies within their life waking up every morning you know being able to have like access to good hygiene and to just really be in this space of gratitude for the consistencies of their life and that's really you know the seed that you need to plant because then it's like okay like what is this light that he's working with like you know maybe i can get it from here maybe i can get it from here and i'm like Nah, those are half big truths. Like those aren't like the whole truth. Like you got to come with me on this journey. And it's like, I'm I'm in it to bring people lifelong. Like I want people to be with me and I want like our table to be so big when we're feasting, like in like 10, 20 years time that mm-hmm. we're just, we just look at each other and we're like, Hey, we're here with it. And so it's really like, everything is accessible through God. And like, realistically, a lot of people think that there's a science to this, like with how I do it. And I'm just like, nah, like God just gives me the conviction to do things. And before I know it, I'm deep in it. And I'm just like, okay, idea number 18, like, okay, hold on a second. Like this, this happened really quickly, but it really didn't, but it did because like time's not real with God. So like, Hey, I'm just going to accept it. (laughs) Look, I want to pick your brain. I want to pick your brain because (laughs) concept of, of time, especially time, like, it's just it's not real but this concept of time i want to pick your brain for 10 20 years down the line of what you were talking about that kind of this existing dynamic and it hasn't always been here and it won't always be here but right now this kind of era of hot takes and quick you know short uh attention spans and and quick fleeting consumptions of media and art versus the physical presence of something, the physical presence of art. You're bridging this world together, but in a way creating a new way of interacting with art. Um, 
something that's been here for so long for centuries millennia like art has always <laughs> existed but technology has done a lot for us you know it's done a lot of amazing <laughs> that's why we're talking that's yeah we're exactly talk. <laughs> a lot of amazing beautiful things but in a way it also has created this hot take culture where you know we're on twitter all the time just looking at people's opinions and short you know essays that could be pages thousands of pages long into like a trending tweet or um you know viral moments of people like photography going viral but what do you think that's going to look like you know in 10 20 years when everyone is sitting at this table and just reflecting on this time right now it's like what what do you really think you know not to get too too much hey but <laughs> anything that you want to give away what do you think that this that you know this bridge that you're uh sorry my words are twisted oh, you're, you're beautiful love don't worry trip <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this bridge is going to look like in 20 years there's a lot more people that want to exist where i'm at mm. than what they're doing i'll say that mm. secondly i did i ended up deleting twitter back in july because i realized that it's just one of those things where you're creating for an algorithm of people that are never satisfied on the internet and there's a lot more people who are consistently on the internet because they have to be like that's the biggest thing is that i don't need to be on the internet like the internet is a vessel it's a vehicle it's important it's helped me connect with so many spiritual teachers and it's helped me really see like what's real what isn't what's fraudulent what's fake all of that but simultaneously like i said more people want to be doing what i'm doing than what they're doing right now and i'm not saying that in a cocky way i'm not saying that in a conceited way i'm just saying it because there's a freedom there and the freedom comes from being like spiritually liberated truly because a lot of people are are in this market of creating for a cosign they want to create for this notion that what they're doing is going to like they're going to be put on and where we exist in a generation where a lot of people are creating for the sake of attention like they just want attention and they don't know why they want attention like i was talking with my cousin like a couple months ago and um a beautiful woman like genuinely like a young beautiful woman who like has height on her and I, and like you know we were talking about modeling this down the third and then she was like i just want to blow up and i was like why do you want to blow up and then she responded like it's not for people but i want to show people what i'm capable of and i'm like love you just contradicted yourself like you're you're doing things with people in mind like to get to this level of freedom you just have to have this conviction that's beyond people you know there's something that's in the bible that i really resonate with and that i heard also um when i was in service and it's this idea of being one drunk in the spirit and two being dead to the world those two things in tandem work so well because i'm able to step into so many rooms and then just convey what i am like not what any anything else but what god made me to be and so when it comes to making all this it requires just a, a myriad of things but it differs depending on like where you are at in your journey and so people see these works and they don't realize that this is two years of work and it's even years before of just conceptualizing trying new things and just really getting to that point so there's a physical work that needs to exist in the material world but I, what i will say is the material world is the last pillar the physical is the last pillar it's the cherry on top of everything 
like realistically your spiritual is the foundation then your mental has to be there and then you put that cherry on top of the sunday and that's how it that's how it comes into fruition mm. and so i look at everybody that is making things for the sake of a fleeting moment and i'm just like ultimately you're creating a life of fleeting moments and you're not going to really remember everything that you're doing like and that's that's the scary part like i talked about this on instagram the other day i was like the idea of being forgotten willingly, it's undeniably disheartening. And a lot of people are giving up on things because it takes time. And I'm just like, that's the only thing we have. Like for me, there are certain ideas where it just comes in the spur of the moment and I execute it in a week. But like with Americana, I could have given up on that and then just been like, I'm done with this. You know, with Ego Death, we, I conceptualized it in January and I shot it in June. Like a lot of my ideas, Aren't, aren't my ideas, first of all, they're God's, but a lot of these ideas are just genuinely cultivated over the span of time because perspective is so key. There's, there's a project that I did where I shot nine black women, different shades, different iterations, all with red lips. It's called Kiss You Right Now based on the Duckworth song. When I developed that idea, I looked at the kiss as a gateway to lust. So when I thought of the idea originally, I wanted these women to really give um, like lustful energy with how they kiss and everything to the camera. But then after I had like my revelation regarding like, you know, my brokenness and really just like how like my, my communication and my line of like my thinking within the world. And after I really started to like place God in the center of it, the idea shifted. And then the idea became a love letter to how much weight and nuance the kiss from a black woman can hold because imagine that too imagine me just like fueling the stereotypes more by having these like examples of lust so yeah. every single woman that I photographed I'm like who's the last person you kissed and like it, it became like that because I was just like I'm literally honest like I'll be like the last like the last person I kissed was my cat at the time like I'll be honest with it like you know it just it's about like creating this like era of transparency and slowing people down from like this constant communication of culture that is being influxed through their cell phones and through the internet and through all these things. So slowing these women down and making them really considerate, having one woman say, oh, the last person I kissed was my son. And the other person saying, oh, the last person I kissed was my dad. I don't see them that often. Or like, you know, my dog or like a sexual partner or this down the third. All of the weight is listed in those nine images. And you can make the assumption of like, what is what, which kiss you resonate with, which kiss you often give too like that's that's more important to me but that idea if i executed it right away it wouldn't have that nuance it wouldn't have that depth so we lack patience as an overall community and i'm a huge byproduct of that 100 percent. like i'm like oh i need to be here at this time i need to be here at this time but it's like no god will have you wherever you need to be at the time you need to be take your time to really give great gratitude thanks through prayer and watch your whole schedule shift accordingly to fit what God wants for you. And so I'm the type of guy who will be like doing this at a certain point in time. I'm not gonna do the same thing all the time because I don't believe in that because it's it's very, very futile and it's very disrespectful to the audience when you just give them the same meal every single time. Like, oh yeah, I love pasta, but I kind of want to try salmon today. Like that's just, that's that's the energy. And so, I look at it in the context of what it'll look like in 10 to 20 years is a bunch of people with hopes and aspirations that they never fulfilled. 
And that's the saddest part. That's why a book is important. That's why a gallery is important. That's why all of these things are important because the whole premise of this project is fine art for a social media generation. That's why the images are like one by one. That's why the images are four by five, like the aspect ratios of Instagram. And there's just like a lot of different like layers to it. Like even the project being called imagery idealism, it's the two eyes within on the face. And it's just all of these things are so important because when you realistically get to that point where you're operating within like your spirit, let alone your soul, you realize that this is something that's going to be immortalized by the people who are recognizing it in real time. Like, could you imagine the the first people to go to a Kendrick Lamar show and not really realize where he was going to be in 10 years time? Like now he's touring in like France, like in Paris and, you know, stadiums all around the world. Um, and that's just, you know, attributed to the vision that God has set upon him and the anointing that is placed upon his life. And so, yeah, I don't want these kids to have regrets and doubts. Like I'm talking to a 50 year old and a 15 year old. Like I'm talking to both of them, but even going further, I'm talking to a five-year-old, to be honest. I want them to see this image of this woman like this with these hands around her. Be like, that's so cool. Like, because kids in general are the most honest vessels and vehicles of expression. Like God uses kids so well. Like that's the reason why in Exodus, like they wanted to kill all the kids because they know that kids are honesty, kids are truth and kids are power. And so understanding that realistically, as long as you have that inner child intact, then you can do what you can do this like this is this is not this is just like literally secondary to me like it's very seamless with me some people have to work harder though it's just like within the kingdom certain people are attributed gifts and other people have to work towards those it doesn't mean that you can't get there it just takes more work and so um i'm a huge proprietor of people just being patient with themselves and being patient with the vision that god has for them and to not fall victim to this trap of creating for the moment like, that's the reason why I had to quit concert photography, because it felt like I was just capturing moments that were basically immortalizing these people, and no one really loved the art of what I was doing. And then the second I switched up on them and I did propaganda, propaganda turned everybody on to what I was doing. And then after that, like, every single project, layers, 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 point, point, point. And now we're at the point now where it's like, I can get one to two jobs every now and then, but it's jobs I believe in, and it's jobs that pay pretty well so you just need to have like hope and you need to have belief and faith like faith is so important in this because if you don't have faith then you're going to fall off really quickly and you're just going to be like this isn't for me I try to yeah. literally instill faith in everybody I'm just like look guys this idea is it God might not call you to it now but you just have to keep on pushing through and persevering because one thing that I've always done is when I've heard God's voice I've ran to him like I've ran to what he's telling me like, so when it comes to these ideas, I'm just like, yep, I'm a draft it, at least draft it. And then the physical world takes the longest time to really like materialize and resonate, but yeah. we're going to do it. And that's how it is. And so it's, I don't want these kids to live with regret and doubt, but that's where we're going. If they keep on like trying to get onto these trends, that's why disconnecting is so important because it's a disconnect from the industrial world, but a reconnection into like your actual life, which is like your spiritual nature as a person. Because all this stuff is still really considerably new. Like the internet's like literally like the 1980s, 1990s. Like realistically, the, the iMac was developed in like 1980. Like yeah. these are all new things. But because it's so much influx of information, it's causing so much discrepancy and disruptance within like what God is trying to tell you and funnel through you. And so you just need to disconnect. And so like I'm in a period right now where I'm sharing a lot, but it's sharing like 
things that really I'm called to share. And God has shown me how to reveal things in certain times and just to be patient within it. And patience is like, like I said, that's what separates the people who are doing this for a quick snap or like a quick like viral tweet from the people who are trying to really make careers in this. The people that are the career people in photography, for example, a lot of them don't have above like 10 to 15,000 followers. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. Like one of the people I wanted to mentor me at a time, I remember finding his Instagram at 10,000 followers, but he was doing stuff for Playboy Cardi. He was doing stuff for Vampire Weekend, Billie Eilish. Like he's doing all this stuff, but the social media followers mean zero to none in the industry. It just, what matters is, are you a person that can be worked with? And are you a person that can really just like channel a lot of good energy? And like, you know, they say good energy, but I call it God energy for that reason, because everybody wants to be God in this. But when you have someone who is a servant to God funneling that, they realize that their version of being God is the reason why like Lucifer fell and Lucifer trying to be at the top of the food chain, but you're never going to be where God is. That's just how it is. So yeah. yeah, like these, I don't want these kids like in this place of regret. So I'm giving them everything that I got, um, that God has got through me so that they don't get to this point. Yeah. And it's this process of ego and like that ego death. And there's so many different, um, you know, gods that exist for people that have allowed. I mean, even for me at one point it was psychedelics and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm looking for my ego death. I'm looking for this, for this eclipse of my like humanness and, and where I can kind of find my faults. Um, but within art, there are, there's faults in everything and then there's no faults you know it's like it exists in <laughs> in uh in tangent with each other in tandem with each other right um, but for the future of preventing a lot of this guilt and resentment to happen democratizing art is a huge step of that so how do you feel about democratizing art and and making it more of um just an essential part of how we exist and live because it is expensive for kids you know like um, you were saying a lot of your projects were self-funded, but imagine, you know, someone who's growing up in like, you know, I live in Philly, like someone who lives in K&A or, or West End Atlanta who, who can't afford these things, you know, who, who can't afford these things with their own right. money. What would right. you do to that and just kind of stepping into democratizing art for themselves? So here's the thing, right? So with this book, this is a finish line. This isn't the this isn't the starting line. This is the finish line. This is what is going to happen if you continue on the path. So, like I said, I was very blessed to have a DSLR camera at, in 2015. And I was doing a lot of stuff through that. I literally had to learn everything on my own. Like I've never taken an art class or anything like that. It's always been just like my own intuition, just like guiding me. Like, and before I knew it was God, it was just like intuition. Um, and so my thing is, is that I'm definitely in this space. Like I met this amazing photographer. Um, his name is Adam, Adam Davis, I believe. Um, he's a photographer. He's like late 20s. Um, and he creates tintypes. And tintype is a, is a photo um, process from the 1800s. And so he's basically creating these photos like in his like in his studio, like with with the photo with the people. And his goal is to have the biggest directory of black people of images. He's aiming for 20 to 25,000 images of black people. And so 
Um, he is a he is a really good example because he is big on the education front. And so he he goes to these community centers and he's literally just teaching these kids, showing them the process of like, you know, developing your film, doing everything of that sort. And I want to do that, too. Like, I want to, like, fund these things for these kids. Um, realistically, like one idea that I had um, and I'm OK sharing it because it's like, you know, it's a part of it. But I wanted to go into inner cities and I wanted to show these kids like how to create a direct. I wanted to go to art programs. And I wanted to see what kids had like very interesting perspectives. And through those interesting perspectives, what I wanted to do with that is I wanted the kids to come like with me and I wanted them to tell me, oh, what was the inspiration behind this like picture you drew or like behind this thing and this thing? Or like, what do you like about this picture? And just asking the simple questions. Like if they're like, oh, I like how bright it is. Okay. So do you think that, do you, do you like how bright it is? Like, and then showing them like a piece of clothing or something like that, be like, oh, like, how, how how do you like this? Like, does this look like it a little bit? Just showing them the art of creative directing. Like, even if they're not going to click the button, like, I'll take the picture. We'll have an art gallery within the community with, like, local food trucks and vendors and this, that, and the third. And ultimately, the kids and their families will take the prints home because that's the kid's idea. It's not my idea. I'm just funneling it because I have the means and the resources to do such a thing. Yeah. But that's the point is that I want to really just like create like much more fluid and like nuanced interpretations of like art through the perspectives that are being cultivated in these like lower income areas, because that's realistically how I'm viewing it. I view it in this context of kids don't know that they're in bad situations until you tell them they're going to look at everything with the brightest intent. And so like the best example, and this is, I recommend everybody go to like Africa because I'm from Ethiopia, like my family's from Ethiopia. So when I went there, those kids are like literally just like making like life from nothing, like nothing. Like these kids are literally just running up and down, like playing tag type timing. And it's like, when's the last time you've seen like a kid in America play tag like that? Like it's not common anymore. They're like on their Nintendo Switch, they're doing something like very like antisocial, but these kids realistically have a perspective that's golden. And I want these kids' perspectives to really be like emboldened and strengthened. And, you know, having the ability to go to like a Philadelphia, to go to like an Atlanta, to go to like, you know, a New York, like go to like big cities and find like the small perspectives and cultivate them naturally. That's something that I really have a passion for. And realistically, I know that, you know, since that is in, that is one of my heart's desires, like God will definitely allow me to be utilized in that way yeah. and you know just telling these stories for these kids because like what the main thing with the 20-year crisis project was is that there's not enough databases that commemorate our stories that honor our stories mm-hmm. like there's billions of us on this earth and like realistically a lot of us end up being forgotten after a certain point in time yeah. and it's like I don't want us to be forgotten as a people like we're, we're we're a people we're outside of a race we're outside of like a dimension we're like literally a being a people and so I want to allow the kids to really understand the power in their voice and understand that, look, you can be in creative arts, but you don't even have to like pick up a camera. You don't have to do anything except just have an idea and then find and then be able to produce it like and producing is not even just money. It's just finding the right people. You know, the best producers like Anaya is one of the best producers I know because she finds so many different people and different perspectives and all of that. And then creates like this holistic view 
of the project within the people involved in it. You know, same thing, like that's how I've learned how to produce. Like, you know, I've seen other producers in certain aspects and it's just like, you know, it's perspective building. And so, so to those kids, like I said, this book is a finish line. It's not the starting line. You know, everybody looks at the finished product and they think that that's where you start. No, this isn't where you start. Where you start is up here, releasing everything to God and then just going from there. And then you're building in that way. And when you build in that way, come on now. Like, it's like, it's like night and day with how easy it can really be. Because these ideas, I don't overthink them. I don't overcomplicate them because God is simple. And, you know, my favorite idea was like the Christo idea because I was just running one day and then I saw this panel and then God was like, idea. And I was like, okay, I got you. Yeah, I was like, I got you. I was like, no question about it. And now that's one of my like most prominent photos. And I'm just like grateful for that, truly. That simplicity, that simplicity and that nuance. It's, it's that like tango of, of two different things. And I love what we were talking about earlier with simplicity and nuance, but I really, I really want you to just kind of go in on simplicity and nuance and kind of your ethos behind that, because what you were saying earlier was like brain wheels churning. So please just explain how you view simplicity and how you view nuance and kind of how they kind of, that relationship and that tango, that dance that they have within each other, because mm. you can't have one without the other. And, and everything that is, is of substance of value is simple and nuanced. Yeah, you need balance. That's how I always look at it. Balance is the key. So you can't have a believer without having a Pharisee. You can't. Like you have to have the balance. Like some people are called to the world. Some people are called to the kingdom. Like that there's a balance in that, you know, yin and yang, like balance. And it's realistically, like when you talk about simplicity and nuance, the nuance comes in with how you execute, not with what is like the intent, like the intention or like the main thing, right? I think about it like this, because I learned this a lot this year, right? The idea of love, right? Mm -hmm. Love is a simple thing. You care for someone and you show someone support. That's love and it's in a nutshell. How you execute that care and that like support is where the nuance comes in. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, like, let's go, let's go see a movie. Oh, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And then there's like different levels of it. Oh, let's get intimate physically or let's get intimate in this way. There's a lot of different ways to like really just like get down to it. But the idea is simple. You care for someone. When you think about creativity, the idea is really just what is it that you're trying to get across? With this project, it's a three words. Nothing is original. That's the simplicity of it. So that gave me the free reign to do whatever I wanted because my perspective is the only thing that really like feels this. And, you know, like my perspective with the Truman Show, my perspective with like the idea of business casual and small talk or a song like The Wind Cries Mary or Good Days, like there's a lot of nuance that exists within that. But the simplicity is this song inspired this image or this movie inspired this image, this idea or this poster inspired this image. And it just comes down to that. We, we overcomplicate things because we can't believe how good it is. And that's the craziest part about it. We overcomplicate too much. Like, I literally have to remind people, I'm just like, you guys, it's not supposed to be this hard. If it is this hard, then you're realistically like, you need to really just take some time to like understand 
and to ultimately heal. Because a lot of the times our overcomplication of things comes from a place of trauma, comes from a place of neglect, a lot of things. So it's a lot of things that we overcomplicate for, I don't even want to say for no reason, but for like with for reasons that are deeper than what we give it. And there's where the nuance is in that. The simplicity is overcomplicated. There's nuance in that. Mm. So realistically, like you said, you can't have one without the other. But at the same time, you mustn't overcomplicate a good thing. And the good thing is what you're trying to accomplish with your creative idea. It's within the feelings and the emotions that we go through. Now, the feelings and emotions shouldn't provide justification for certain things because that's where God steps in and God's like, I don't care about your feelings. Like, I care about what's good for you. And that's what it is. Like, now my, my motto with my work now is I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here, here to make you know God. That's my motto now. Because yeah. God is fair. God is consistent. God is just. God is like judge, jury, execution, all of that. And so it's really just about understanding that the idea at the heart is a simple thing, but how you execute it is where the nuance comes in. So like when I think about like the images in this book, some of the, some of the shoots, I take like 40 images. I don't take a lot of images on shoots, like genuinely. I take like most, the most I do is like 40. I take like 40 images for one shoot. Another image, I take two. But we take literally like 30 minutes to 40 minutes to line up the shot perfectly. Mm. And it's just literally about the execution of it. So the nuance is, is that this idea needed this much time to do this many shots, but this idea needed this much time to take this many shots. Like, and when it comes to music videos, especially like, yeah, the idea is simple. Like, you know, the, la the last two music videos were very simple. Like the first music video we did was a video portrait. And the second video was God is consistent. And within the execution of that is where like the beauty comes in. So never overcomplicate a simple thing. You know, it's hard because we're always in here thinking, but you can't do that because then you miss out on a lot of what God has in store for you. And that's the, that's that's where that idea of regret comes in later in life with these kids. You yeah. know, they think that they have to live this certain lifestyle because it's being propagated when in actuality, you know, God is keeping you hidden for a certain season so that you can come out with like a very like well-pronounced nuanced like idea of something. God is keeping you hidden because he wants you to not die like the rest of the world. Like there's a lot of things that come within that. And so these, these kids need to just understand that keep your ideas simple and just have the best execution for it. You know, like when I look at like, um, there's um, like Kendrick Lamar's SNL performance um, in 2022, like he performed like um, Rich Spirit and N95 for one song. And he does this shadow thing that's really cool where it's like you're seeing his spirit operate in a different plane, but you're just seeing his physical represent something else. And, you know, he did he did another song. Like he did Father Time and the walls were closing in because it was like a compressed feeling of claustrophobia and discomfort. And those ideas are really simple, but they're so good with how they're executed. So if you have a simple idea and you do it amazingly, just have a reason. You just need to have a reason behind doing it. If you have the reason and it's within and it's within like provision, then just do it. And then if even if it doesn't come out how you did, it's fine. Like one one shoot, we ended up getting racially profiled and we only had 30 minutes to shoot. And when I saw the images, I was like, these aren't that good. But then I looked back at it. And I'm like, no, God gave me the image right there. That's that's how it is. Yeah. So reason and execution being the main two, the catalysts of 
of finding this 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 balance okay so before we get into this closing or just honestly to to get into the closing and to to you know, wiggle our way in there because <laughs> <laughs> um, this conversation has been amazing i'm like i yeah. have so so much to like just reflect on after this um but i really want to know this is the question that i ask every guest that comes on the absurd thought club okay so this is i'm so excited to hear your answer mm -hmm. what do you lean into more love or passion mm, that's a, i love that question i'm kidding <laughs> um truthfully emotion is the premise of everything i do so like with with this project the idea was to make tangible design of emotion in the form of an image mm. so i really do believe that you need to like the simplicity of love is so so key like I have such an affinity and a love for every single person I've worked with, even if the relationship has gone sour, I have such an affinity for these people and I love them truly. And I pray for them. And I really just like, you know, even offer them like consolidation, like anything really. Like I look at everybody I work with as like a friend that I love at the bare minimum. Even if I don't talk to them for like six months, I'll pop in every now and then and be like, hey, hope you're doing well. Like that kind of energy. Yeah. But when it comes to passion, the reason why, like, I, I think it actually leans into like what we were talking about earlier, where you can't have one without the other, where you need passion in moments where it isn't coming to fruition in a very seamless way. And, you know, passion and faith are intangible with one another, you know, because when you're really like one with God, that passion is fueled by your faith. So you have to keep going within it and love emotions are fickle, but ultimately when you love something, that passion is funneled and the faith is funneled. So it's like that pyramid scheme we were talking about where, you know, you have like the base of it, which is like your faith and then the passion and then the love is the cherry on top. But that being said, that cherry on top creates so many good, like good feelings inside of like your heart and then your soul that you just want to just continue to chase that feeling. And I was watching Atlanta um, last night, and then he was just talking about like, what else are we doing it for if not for that feeling? And it's like, it goes back to this idea that Donald said like three years ago, and I embody this fully. He said that we're, we're here to plant a tree that we're not meant to eat from. And we are also here um, to feel something and pass it on. The main thing. When it comes to the the belief that comes from God, from Jesus, we're here to feel the Holy Spirit and pass it on, truly. And we want the next generation to be better because of that. So when it comes to love and passion, I feel like faith is the is the bottom pillar of that pyramid. And you know, between the preference, my soul is telling me love, but my spirit is telling me passion. And that's where the discrepancy happens sometimes, you know, but since I'm operating under God's provision and God's will, I have to pick passion within it. But love is a feeling that is undeniable. And, you know, like everything I cultivate is a byproduct of love and passion. And then faith is like literally like that, that bow that like literally like you have to unwrap it before you open the book. And that's 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 the life story, truly. Ah! <laughs> 
yes yes <laughs> like literally that's yeah that's such a beautiful answer because that's true like you do need both of them and faith is the bow that ties them together so <laughs> thank you so much daniel i love you so much we're friends on, i love you come on now oh we've been yeah this 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 this, this goes deep we go deep with it <laughs> i'm obsessed with you and i thank you so much for coming on the assert thought club and sharing your mind sharing your spirit just sharing yourself and opening yourself up to to communicate and talk and think critically um so thank you so much everything attached for the listeners listening to this everything attached to daniel will be on his instagram will be attached to this episode so i'm excited for y'all to like dive deeper into his work and yeah come on now that's love i appreciate it truly all glory to god in this thing you know what i'm saying yay jesus gang <laughs> <laughs>